street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. you again at some point yeah, me too. okay Great. thank you again man yeah, yeah. Thank you. i wish all the best yes anthony ray yes oh hey how are you good i'm yeah. recording just so you know i just got done finished with that guy so okay. normally my cameras are down what was your name again jacob jacob yeah man. christie yeah yes yes yeah, good good all right some feedback on the talk. Uh, you showed up halfway. Is yeah, that I right? Up halfway oh, through. Okay. Um, hmm. uh, I do think it was interesting what you were talking about. Uh, uh, one thing, uh, like you were talking about, how like you got some people to abandon their belief, and you were talking about how. Uh, well, basically, I know this is probably not what you're asking about. Like I said, I only got halfway through. Be completely I, honest. I do, I do think. I do think that. Uh, I do think you make a good point. Because I do think a lot of people, uh, like, they kind of just accept what they're told mm-hmm. and they go through life. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is, you know, what are people's number one priority? People are more worried about, oh, dude, what am I going to eat after this? And what am I going to study they, for school? I've got a test, can, yeah. right? They get wrapped up in the daily life. Which, yeah. which I think is kind of interesting because mm-hmm. uh, you would think that people having more free time <laughs> would leave them more time to, you know, think about stuff. Uh-huh. But really, what do people do? You know, they just find ways to eat up all that time. Yeah. And kind of, There's a lot of distractions. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. So I, I think I, what your point is that I might run into a person who might completely abandon their view that Jesus is real. Right. Mainly because they haven't spent the appropriate time needed to adequately defend their position and, and justify why they think it's true. Well, I think, uh, I think it's like muscles. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, uh, I just bought a 30-pound weight, and my arms aren't big enough to do it, you know? I'm not big enough to pump it. But, you know, I can't, uh, you know, you can have a building, it can look solid, but you push it, and if it's never, you know, it's kind of like a, a challenge thing, you know? If you never work your muscles, then you sure. never get stronger. And I think that's the thing is, is, especially, I did like what you said about the whole relativism for truth. Uh, I think you said something along the lines of, like, you're not a big fan of the whole truth is relative. Yes. I think, honestly, I think that's kind of an easy out because then if anyone challenges what you believe, you can just be like, well, it's mm-hmm. true for me, not true for you. Yeah. Just keep living. It's a little funny you said that because that individual that I was just interviewing, yeah. we were struggling for a topic. We actually settled on Jesus. Um, we spent a good three minutes talking about truth and relativism yeah. and using some candies to, to illustrate it. He was on board with truth being objective. And what was interesting, too, is he recognized why we were doing that experiment. Like, he understood the obstructions that that uh, acknowledgement can cause to people's positions. You know what I mean? Once you agree that truth is relative, uh, truth is objective, right. that you just can't say, well, it's my truth. Well, it's harder to maintain a cognitive dissonance at that point, right? Well, I hope to, to see you around again. Yeah. Well, here, could I ask you for a favor? You can ask me. Dude, could you, could you do your uh, thing on me? Sure. Is that sure? Right, or yeah. head out for lunch? No, I'm just, I'm just checking my equipment, make sure we're good. Can we pivot this way? Because oh, yeah. the wind's kind of picking up. 
I guess we can skip the truth test because I, I think you agree that truth is objective. Yes. That might be one of the few things that atheists and, and theists tend to have in common. Well, there's a lot of theists that think truth is relative. But at least we agree on that point. Do you want to come just a little bit closer so I can get you in the shot? And I've got this shot here too. You're good. I think that's perfect. Just a little background. You were you attended one of my talks on street epistemology. You're with Ratio Christi. This is an apologetics ministry, maybe. Is that a, is that a good term for it? You study apologetics. Tell me a little bit about Ratio Christi. I don't know too much about it. Okay. So usually what we do is uh, I'm not I'm not one of the uh, the real, the real smart people, I'm not gonna lie. Like usually most of the stuff's kind of above my head, but they'll talk about like the different arguments for um, the existence of God. They'll talk about a cosmological argument. They'll talk about, you know, why are certain books in the uh, the canon? Something like that, they'll talk about history. Uh, you may have noticed in my videos or in my presentation, I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but I try to get a sense of how sure somebody is that what they think is true is true okay. on zero to 100. Prior to you becoming even remotely aware of Ratio Christi and these teachings and so forth and learning all these apologetics, okay. where would you have been on that scale of confidence that Jesus is real? I know you're a Christian, is that right? Right. Okay. Yeah, 100%, there's no question in my mind. There's no doubt. Zero percent, I've got questions, I've got doubts. I don't think it's real. Okay. Uh, Prior to becoming involved with apologetics, where did you stand on that? Are we talking like Jesus is real as a historical person or Jesus is like Good Jesus question. Christ our Lord and Savior? Good, I'm glad you asked that. Yeah, let's go with Jesus Christ is real and is my Lord and Savior. Okay, so both historically existed and is yeah. uh, basically the same guy. Yeah, because I don't, I suppose it's possible that he didn't historically exist. Like that's just all a mistake, but he really is like our Lord and Savior. But it's usually both, right? So I think we'll, let's go with both. Okay. Uh, I'll be quite frank. I go with the, uh, I go with 99%. Before the apologetics? Yeah. Well, I mean, the apologetics didn't really change my opinion on it. It's just mm. kind of a, uh, like, I already had a set, a set decision on this. So I, okay. I already went through my crisis of faith well before I got to Ratio Christi. Mm. So, because, uh, like I was saying earlier... What's a crisis of faith? Right? Was what like, was that oh, about? Is all this a lie, you know, stuff like that. Mm. I went through that a while ago. How uh, long ago was that? That's about two years. No kidding. Yeah. Fairly recent. Yeah. Uh, so... Where did, did you fluctuate from a 99 at that point to some lower number? Well... <clears throat> Can we view it in those terms or, or not? I, uh, I, I wouldn't really say it's a... Uh, I'll, I'll be quite frank, I'm kind of a black or white person. Like, I'm like, it's either true or it isn't true. Mm -hmm. You know, so, like, when I say, I guess you might find this a little bit interesting, I guess. Crisis of faith? Yeah, the crisis of faith. Basically, mm. I was like, you know, is, is God really real or is this all, like, a whole bunch of, you know, a bunch of mumbo jumbo? And uh, this probably sounds a little bit strange, but uh, I used to work in a uh, power plant. <clears throat> And that's what really kind of made me think about it because, uh, you know, you think about like the way vehicles operate. <clears throat> well, I'm just talking like the existence of God. I know it's a little bit off topic, but uh, you know, you have vehicles and uh, power plants. And uh, I mean, the analogy I use for people who aren't engineering majors is: you walk in a forest and you see a chair. You think you're, you don't think to yourself, wow, dude, this is crazy. I wonder where this came from. You're thinking like, I wonder who put this here. Okay, a person wouldn't instinctively think 
this chair naturally grew in the forest. Right. I mean, like, if we saw one of these... There uh, was a maker. Right. Like, mm -hmm. we saw one of these scooters out there, we'd be like, well, you know, I wonder how this gets here. Who, who dropped this off here? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, but that, that was something that, uh, like, everything's just so designed. And, uh, like, at the power plant, we'd always talk about, oh, you know, if this wasn't here, if this happened, you know, we'd all die in a terrible accident. And, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, everything can, is can I characterize fine. your position as the thing that drew you out of your crisis of faith right. was when you were at work and you were looking at being in a power plant and everything, and then you started thinking about how a, how a, a chair might look in the forest. It, it might pop up and be different. Is it the appearance of design that is what caused you to stop questioning? Uh, so, well, at that time I was looking, you know, either gun designed us or we evolved from, you know, lesser life forms, mm -hmm. you know, so many, so many billions of years ago. And so that's, that's what I, that's what I, I was, you know, I thought about it. It, it was a couple of weeks where I was like, all right, you know, I got to make a decision here. I got to pick, got to pick one, you know, and that's what I ended up mm. going with. I was like, well, you know, it's clear that the human body's designed. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that is, uh. You know, everything works together. And, uh, like, if you just take a whole bunch of stuff and jumble it together in a bag, you know, you're not going to get anything designed out of it. I know it's a really terrible explanation. No, this is good. But, uh, what, what I think I hear you saying is that you found yourself at a crossroads where you had to decide, you had yeah. to pick. Am I going with evolution to explain how... How things are. How uh, the, the complexity of the human body right. is, or am I going to go with God? How did you decide which path to take? How did you decide which of the two? I understand that you went and said, well, I'm going with God. Right. What caused you to not go the other way? Okay, I went with a, uh, I went with a, basically thinking of the human body as just a machine. Mm -hmm. The human body is basically, uh, you want me to get that or? Sure, get up. Right. Thank you. Um, I, I think of the human body as like a machine. Really, okay. It's a, uh, and, and one of the things that kind of made me finally go for the, yes, absolutely, God did it. Was is, uh, you know, even us human beings with our, you know, great intelligence and our creative abilities and the technology we have nowadays, we're not able to make machines that make replicas of ourselves. You know, what's what's really fascinating about human beings, hmm. and I guess you know, humans can procreate. Humans can procreate. Yes. And we can't even make machines that like procreate themselves. I mean, we can to some degree, like they have 3D printers uh -huh. that you can make out blocks and then with a little assembly. Okay, so whether this is, I don't even know if that's true or not, but maybe, let's, let's say, regardless though, whether that's true or not, right. how does that have anything to do with you deciding to go with God and not accept evolution? evolution? Okay. Um, well, I would say, you know, there's clear evidence of design everything has a purpose everything in the human body has a purpose and then I think there's certain obstacles to the idea of macroevolution jumping from one species to another going from okay. let's say asexual reproduction to like the earthworms for example are hermaphrodites they have both male and female genitalia and the question is is that how does something like let's say human beings let's say you know way back in the day with earlier life forms you know how do you go from how do you get to the point where you have 
like the way I was thinking about it is basically, you know, there's so many steps between a species that does not have sexual reproduction. So let's say asexually reproduced or hermaphrodites like earthworms to a, to a species that has diverged into where you have two different sexes. Okay. There's, just, there's too many pieces involved there. Because it's too difficult to imagine how that could happen. Well, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, let's take, for example, uh, uh, men, I think, are a little bit more mechanically simple uh, speaking. But, you know, for like women, you know, for a woman to, you know, you think of all the different equipment involved to even get pregnant in the first place. And they have to have their menstrual cycle. They have to have the ovaries. There's lots of pieces the involved. Tube, the uterus, the cervix. It, is it, does it all come down, the reason of design, is it all coming down to evolution not being true? You just can't imagine that it's factually true. And because you can cross that one off, the only remaining path left is to go with God being the explanation. Well, I, th I think, I think uh, just to say something about the evolution thing, mm -hmm. microevolution, natural selection, variation within species, absolutely, you know, that happens. But whenever we start talking, one species creates another species. I think that's where That can't interbreed. Well, I think that's where it jumps from practical observation mm. to theory at that point. Here's my big question for you now. Right. Hit me with it. <laughs> so I've been listening very carefully. Okay. And I'm wondering if, and I'm not an evolutionary expert. Okay. There are some out there that purport to be. Okay. If you were to spend an adequate amount of time with some. Evolutionary biologists. Evolutionary biologists, sure. Okay. Yeah, evolutionary biologists and they were able to demonstrate to your satisfaction how complexity could come about and how animals can actually evolve over long periods of time right. where they are substantively different, where you've got a peacock and you've got a rabbit and there is a common ancestor between those. Right. I know it might sound far-fetched right. and like, how is that even possible? My question to you though is, if it could be demonstrated to you, okay. to your satisfaction, right. Would that cause you to waver at all in your confidence that your God was real? So you're, so just just so we're straight here, we're saying if a group of scientists intelligently manipulate a group of animals into two different species through their design and intervention. No, no, no. In sorry. No, I wasn't going that way. Okay. Um, I'm saying if if people who are well versed in this topic, and I'm certainly not. Right, right, right. Were to sit, sit down with both of us and explain how we can tell by looking at fossils and so forth okay. of how animals are changing over time. And maybe there are even experts with DNA. I don't know. I don't know much right. about this topic at all. But to our satisfaction, we were able to come to realize that all these creatures, including humans, have a common ancestor. Okay. And we, maybe they can even explain how a, an asexual creature can diverge from and become a sexual creature. Right. You know, all these big questions that you're raising, which I think are great questions that I'm incapable of answering. Okay. If we could find somebody that could answer these to our satisfaction, okay. would it have any bearing in your view that there is a higher power? If it could be demonstrated that evolution so, was in fact true, well, I mean, macro evolution. I mean, we keep going from, can these scientists explain it? And mm -hmm. then whenever we conclude through the question, it's, then it's can they demonstrate it? Are we talking about like a verbal explanation? Explain and demonstrate. 
Well, I mean, what would the demonstration entail? That's a good question. Because what I mean, what demonstration we would, to, would you accept? If we were to see, this is this is what I'm kind of getting to is uh, like we have explanations. Like that's models. That's, we're talking right. about models. I mean, you know, over here. I see. Yeah, you know, I mean, we have people can people can t give us models about anything. Right. You want to actually have a demonstration of the model? Is well, that is that what I'm hearing? I'm saying is is right now all the scientists can give us is an explanation. We can't demonstrate species, one species going into another species, right? Like on its own in nature, without without intelligent. Without like being able to be alive for the next uh, several thousand or hundred thousand like we, or a million years. We can do years. gene editing, stuff like that, use CRISPR therapy, you mm. know, make some changes in genetic mm. code ourselves, intelligently. I think, I think you're raising good objections okay. to it. And I think, yes. Um, I'm, would, I know I'm not answering your question, so I... No, no. One thing that I, it seems like I'm, I'm picking up on okay. is that the standard... You've got two paths here, right? Right. The standard for going down this path of evolution right. is freaking high. The, okay. sta the standard for dismissing that and going with this other one of God, right. maybe not so quite high. Not right. as quite high as, I, as the evolution one. Am I off on that? Well, Are you using two different standards? Am I using two different standards? Mm. So, mm. so you would say that the standard I'm using for evolution is that the standard you're I using don't for accept accepting their explanation, but they have to demonstrate it. Yes. And yes. For the Bible, it's oh, I accept your explanation, but you don't have to demonstrate. Well, to be clear, the claim is Jesus existed and is my Lord and Savior. Right. So okay. I don't want to switch the Bible. Just, oh, oh yeah, yeah bad, just bad, to, just we're cool. Okay. We could do it to the Bible if you want, but it, oh, okay, just yeah, to yeah. keep focused. So you're saying that I'm accepting their explanation, but I'm demanding evolutionists to demonstrate. You're demanding not only an explanation of evolution. Right. You're demanding a demonstration. Okay. For the path of whether Jesus exists, you're demanding an explanation. Did you also have a demonstration? Did you demand a demonstration? Are you demanding a demonstration? Yeah, Thank I've you. I've got two different goalposts. You're repeating back my stuff, which oh, is great. Oh, and this oh, is no, no, it's good. I'm, I'm glad that you're doing that because we can, right. we can be on the same page. Now I'm really glad I talked to you. You know what I mean? So this is kind of stuff. I'm so cool. <laughs> All right. I'm glad that you came over. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Do you have the ability to demonstrate? what is being explained to you with regards to God existing, with regards to Jesus being your Lord and Savior. Ooh. And then at that point I say, oh, bro, catch 22, it's all about faith, my man. <laughs> all right. Are you going to bring up faith? Yeah, I'm going to bring up faith. Okay. Mm. Uh, well, mm. so I guess I'll go down this road. This, this is my line of reasoning on this. So, my line of reasoning based on the evolution versus God is, if you look at human beings as a machine, you know, just like any other machine that we make, you can clearly see that it's designed. Now, the problem with that is, you say, well, then, at least from my perspective, you can say, well, 100%, there's intelligent design. But then that kind of takes you down the road of, well, then, mm which God is a real God. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think we've kind of... And I do have a bias toward my uh, the, the religion I was raised in. Mm, so mm. That's the question there. I appreciate you admitting that. A lot of people... Sorry. Hey. <laughs> Got friends here, huh? Yeah, I do. Was she part of your group as well or yeah. just another friend? Okay. 
I think the real critical, the real critical part of this conversation I think we were just at was whether you are being consistent with your standards as far as what you will claim to be true. And in order for you to claim evolution is true, you have a pretty high standard. It needs to be explained and demonstrated. Yes. In order for you to accept the claim that Jesus is real right. and is your Lord and Savior, it's been explained to you. Okay. And the question I think we're still stuck on is, has it been demonstrated? Okay. And if it has, you mentioned faith. Is faith necessary in order for it to be demonstrated or can it be demonstrated without faith? Okay. Mm. Well, uh, hmm. so I would, so I would say what's going on here is I reject the explanation that evolutionists give out, and as a result of rejecting the explanation, I demand a demonstration. With Christianity, I accept the explanation, so I'm saying no demonstrations required. I'm gonna ah. So I would say that. You have a tendency to push back a little bit more on the explanations from people well-versed in evolution. Well, I have a tendency to reject the explanations of people whose explanations I'm rejecting. Repeat that again? <laughs> you have a tendency have to... A te so, I'm not rejecting the evolutionists, I'm rejecting their explanation. You find an expert in evolution's explanation of evolution well, yeah. insufficient to accept. Right, regardless, but regardless of who's telling me to accept the theory of evolution. I've already taken a look at it, and I say, well, hey, you know, I uh, think human beings are intelligently designed, thus the theory of evolution. Okay. From what I hear you saying is that okay. if a person well-versed in evolution could adequately explain, explain right. the process of evolution and how we could be here today, and all this diversity and all this complexity, you still wouldn't even accept their explanation until it could be demonstrated. Well, Is I that right? I think regardless, see I think. And then the corollary to that is, I'm gonna accept the explanation for Jesus. Right. I don't even need a demonstration of it. Right, I don't, I don't need Jesus to come down and be like, yo, my boy. Yeah, and yet, if I'm not mistaken, Okay. The reason that you think God is real is because it can't be demonstrated that evolution is true. Well, was that the, was that the I deciding would, factor? I wouldn't say in a negative way. I would say that I believe that human beings are clearly designed. So there must be a creator. If evolution was factually true, would it blow your hypothesis out of the water that humans were designed by a creator? If evolution is true. So we're if, saying, hypothetically, if it was true. If it was true and it could be demonstrated as such. Demonstrated as such. Yeah. Well, are we talking about macro evolution now here's or the thing. macro evolution? If evol I'm getting confused myself. Oh, well, then, well, then. If evolution was true, would it blow your hypothesis out of the water that humans were designed and created? Are we talking about evolution as one species forms into another species? Or are we talking you know, just adaptations over time within one species? I'm talking about like natural selection. Something that or? something that explains the complexity of life that we have today, from peacocks to rabbits to humans. Okay. As an explanation. Yeah, if evolution is factually true, wouldn't that mean that creation and design isn't? 
so you're saying uh, like one can't exist with the other, basically. Yeah. Okay. Like they're uh, mutually exclusive. That's what I'm looking. Yeah. For. Although I can envision a god maybe that could have started everything off and and kicked off evolution, and then evolution is this natural process, and it couldn't have happened without the god. Right. Theistic but, evolution. Right. But it doesn't seem. I guess what I'm trying to figure out here yeah, yeah, yeah. is how important is evolution to your view? If evolution is factually true, okay. what does that do to your position that God is real? So you're saying... Evolution, like four and a half billion years, all this other stuff? I'm not talking about how life started, just, okay, to, just okay. to be clear. Yeah. I'm talking about if the diversity of life could be explained by evolutionists, right. and it could be demonstrated to you that it's factually true, okay. what does that do to your hypothesis your view, right. your belief, right. your knowledge claim, perhaps even, that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Okay. Is the, your view contingent on that being not true? Oh, okay, I see where we're going here, because then there's a, uh, there's, okay. Because there, I guess what I'm trying, basically is, is, I'm trying to make a I distinction. Is there a Go possibility ahead. that me accepting evolution would be, oh, now i got to throw in my Christian faith because if this is true, this can't be true. That's what I'm wondering. And then for me, it's a boom. I'm wondering uh, if you are if you would find yourself in a crisis of faith again if you came yeah. to discover that evolution was factually true. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> my, my personal opinion, this is, this is where I go with this, uh, I would say that evolution being true or not, would not affect whether Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Mm. What it would do, and I have made this argument before with other people at Ratio Christi, mm. if evolution is true, as in the time scale presented in the Bible is not true, then you'd have to question, well, is the Bible all the word of God? Because okay. the Bible is pretty clear if you look at, like, it says, you know, Adam was this old when he had a kid, mm. and then mm. you go down the line, and you're like, all right, you know, the world can't be this old, you know, it has to be this old. Uh, so I would say it wouldn't affect the uh, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but it would affect um, a literal interpretation of the Bible. Ah, and then it that, might that cause you to take another look at, at what the Bible is saying and the number of and the time scales that, are, that we're talking about there. Right. Well, because at that point you have to start saying, well, it's not factually true; it's metaphorical. Mm. And there's a lot of people I know who they go down that route. They're sure. like, well, it's all metaphorical, or some of it is and some isn't. Right. And then of course the question is, well, which parts are metaphorical and which parts are factual? Absolutely. And then that's where you start getting to. Uh, uh, I mean, the argument's more of a relativistic thing where you're deciding on your own. These are subjective interpretations. What to accept, what not to accept, right. stuff like that. Right. That, that takes you down. So I would say no on the Jesus Christ and the Lord and Savior. Um, no, it wouldn't affect it? It wouldn't affect that. Okay. But you would have to start questioning, well, the book of Genesis, mm. Adam and Eve and the serpent, you know, is that all? It would have to be a metaphor at that point. So I was looking down at my notes, and I'm glad that I jotted this down. Okay. The appearance of design, if you had to pick one, yes. was the main thing that was leading you to be 99% sure that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Right. So, oh, okay. That's the so are, are we still, yeah. are you throwing up other reasons for keeping the belief if we okay. can demonstrate that evolution is true? If we can demonstrate. Right. If experts can demonstrate to our satisfaction that it's factually true, okay. and perhaps even not only model it, but demonstrate it, 
demonstrate one species turning into another species. Yeah. So that's truly what's required by evolution. I think that's what that, that's what they're purporting, and I think you're demanding a demonstration of it. Well, we keep talking. You keep mentioning demonstration, so I'm saying, well, what 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 it like a demonstration of one species turning mm -hmm. into another species? Because mm -hmm. if we're gonna say, you know, there's a common ancestor, that wouldn't be an adequate demonstration to you. The theory of evolution involves a common ancestor that morphs into everyone we see today. Mm -hmm. Every person, animal, mm -hmm. bird, mm -hmm. fish, and sea came from a common ancestor. Mm -hmm. Right. I guess we could probably quibble about what is exactly a demonstration. Right. Let me just say, I, okay. I'm raising it because if you had to pick one, the appearance of design was a main reason why. Well, that's what pulled me out of my crisis of faith. That's what pulled you out of your crisis of faith, and, and you're 99% sure your Jesus is real, yeah, yeah, yeah. despite all the additional apologetics that you've been exposed to with Ratio Christie. Yes, yes. If the appearance of design is such a big factor, what I'm understanding is, if it could be demonstrated that evolution is true, right. you'd still think Jesus was real, but then you'd start to, it would cause you to question other things. Okay. Would it influence your confidence at all in any way? Would you drop from a 99 to a 70 or something? See, I think that's where we're running into an issue here. I think we're working with two different definitions of demonstration. Possibly. I really I really do think we're, I, I, think, that, I think that's where we're kind of running into an issue here. Maybe. Uh, because when, we, when you're talking about demonstration, you're talking about fossils. I'm not even positing. Biologists. I'm not even positing what a demonstration would be like. Okay. If we got to that step, I would be asking you, what demonstration, Jacob, would you require? Okay. What would you envision being an adequate demonstration to your satisfaction that evolution was true? Okay. I would encourage you to make the to specify okay. what you would accept. Okay. Now, what would be really interesting is if you come up with this really incredible and complex and like monumental demonstration, right. I think that would be really interesting if you did that. I'm not saying that you would. You might be like, all I need to do is see fossils. Okay. But you might come up with some extreme... Like almost impossible. Almost impossible standard. Right. And then I think I would revisit, are you setting a similar standard for concluding that God is real? Well, you know what? It's, it's funny you bring that up because I was telling some of my roommates I was telling them, I was like, y'all need Jesus. You know, I gave them a little rundown. And what was really interesting, both of them told me. They said, well, hey, God would have to come down himself and show me that he was God. Mm. And so ah. that's kind of a similar, I, I think I see where you're going with, where it's like, you know, I'm going to believe this, and I'm going to put the bar so high for me to abandon this belief, mm. and I know it's never going to happen. But then... It would be unreasonable for a person to request that the deity come down personally show themselves to them right. well kind of i guess what i'm trying to get to here is what i think you're maybe getting to is basically there's something core to my beliefs that i've embraced and i know like this is like a foundation and so i'm setting the bar for knocking out that that piece of the foundation so high yeah that on one hand i can say well you know on one hand i'll know Maybe not like consciously, but I'll know that you'll never be able to convince me otherwise. Yep. And then on the other hand, I can also say, well, hey, they're not meeting my standard. I can almost take like an intellectual high ground mm. in a way. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. That's not only are you possibly setting the bar very high to disprove your position, mm -hmm. but you might even be setting a bar very low or possibly even non-existent. Because right. I don't think it even, you, you didn't even require it to be demonstrated that your God was real. You don't require the God to come to you. No, I don't. You're willing to accept it on the on the claim. 
Well, I'm willing to accept it based off what I would call the evidence mm. of uh, everything that's been created. Okay. All right, so I think that would be a good point to wrap it up. Okay. That, that yeah, was, that I know, was, I know, it's that was pretty lengthy. Bit, yeah. Can I offer you one of these pieces? Uh, no, uh, no thanks. You can. Yeah. You want to hold yeah, on to these? It. But okay. Hey, dude, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you stopping yeah. and chatting and exploring that. Did you get one of these? Yeah, you did give me one of those. I do appreciate it, man. Okay. Hey, thanks, and have a good one. I hope you do too, man. Take it easy. Uh, do you want a drink or anything, or are you good? I've got some water. Thank you again. Hey, Jacob. Uh, one more thing. If we do meet again, um, if possible, I was thinking as you're walking away, if we do meet again, um, if possible, I'd like to explore how faith has any role in this whatsoever. Role in this, like this life? The role that faith might have in you being confident that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Okay, so we're going back to the Lord and Savior part? Yeah. Okay, that claim. That's the that's the main claim. I know I took it on a little bit of a tangent there. But, uh, <laughs> all right. Hey, well, thanks a lot, Anthony. Yeah, man. Thank you again. You have a good one. All right. Take it easy. How much longer are you going to be on campus? I'm getting ready to go. Oh, I mean, like, in the future. Oh, uh, like to the rest week. of the semester. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. How's, yeah. Uh, how's it been going, though? Um, this morning was a little rough because there was a lot of noise, lots of kids running around and stuff, yeah. but it's been going good. Right. This was probably my most and most enjoyable conversation uh, today. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. That was great. Hey, See you around, dude. <laughs> you can't have your champion apologists going out there with the apologetic 20 gauge to take down the bear. It's not just one antagonist and one apologist standing up to it. Which would you rather fight? An angry bear or 10,000 hornets? So the hornets are going to be everywhere. Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos.